Morning, everybody. So I'm going to start the service with my own prayer as well. The more prayer, the better. So, Heavenly Father, I just praise you. I honour you. Lord, I give you the glory. And, Lord, I pray that as I speak, Lord, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, that the words that flow out of my mouth would be anointed from your throne room, Lord, that you would put aside anything of myself in Jesus' name and that it would touch the hearts and minds of each person here and those that are listening, Lord, and bring about whatever you so want. (laughs) Encouragement, revelation, whatever it be, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, I've been reading um, Matthew 6. Keith's been preaching on that. Um, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. So, I just want to touch a little bit on this first, and then I want to share a bit of my my journey in this area and share yeah, my life story in this area. So it starts in, I'm going to go from verse 19 and it says, do not stir up, store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Then it goes on in the scripture and it's saying, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about what you eat or drink, about your body, about what your clothes that you wear. You know, it's saying, look at the birds of the air. They do not do this and yet your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't we much more valuable than they? So... Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No. It continues on saying stuff about um, the fields, the flowers in the field and that sort of thing. Um, It's saying, do not worry. Do not worry, you know, because your father knows what you need. Saying, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. So we have not worrying. It's talking about don't worry, um, don't think about what you're going to eat or drink or anything like that. And this is a promise. You know, another, I love God's word, you know, the promises that are in here. You know, God's saying, you know, you, you chase after my kingdom my will, what needs to be done here, and all these other things will be given to you. It's a promise. So don't worry about stuff. And I remember, um, you know, when we, as a church, were doing our first um, mission trip to Africa. That was probably eight, nine years ago now. And um, me being a single mum and three, three kids and I wanted, no, sorry, Shani had left home, so it's just Brody and Adam then at home, and Addie was 17, and I thought, you know, I would really like to go there and on this mission trip and be a part of it and to help and everything like that, and I'd like to take, he was in year 11, I wanted him to have that life experience. Now, 
I had some money in the bank, not a great deal, but this was my deposit, saving for a deposit for a house because, as most of you know, I've always rented as a single mum. So this was my nest egg to, to, for a deposit. But um, I felt on my heart that God was saying, I want you to go, I want you to take Addie with you. Um, Brody actually was working and she came along anyway. She had saved her money up pretty well. And so we went to Africa and it was really good because I got to meet, um, we sponsored children there probably a year or two years before we went. And that was just something, even though I was a single mum and, you know, didn't have a great deal, you know, it was my heart to sponsor. And I'd sponsored this boy, um, Samuel, and he was the same age when I sponsored him as Addie. And so I got to meet him and it was a really, um, it was really great. It was such a um, great life experience. And just over there, I, I even, I can remember Saeed, our driver, and, you know, just being able to be a part and bless these people gives me another story there, which I'll, I'll probably, I'll just quickly say, I remember I went shopping with Saeed and, um, and I took him shopping because we we're going to go away for a few days and he wouldn't be near his family. And I said, oh, oh I'll take you to the supermarket, you know, and we buy um, food so you can, you know, have some for your family because they didn't have much. And so I went to the supermarket and I'm saying, oh, do you want a cake? And he goes, oh, if you really want to bless me, can you buy me a loaf of bread? And that threw me because I was like, that blesses you? We chuck out our loaf of bread when we start to see, you know, it go a bit purple or a different colour. I don't know whether yours goes, <laughs> what colour yours goes. And, you know, that threw me that, you know, like here I am, I managed to go to Africa through God's blessing and I'm a single mum, and yet you can still bless other people. There's always somebody else worse off than you. There's always somebody you can bless, that you can make their day. So, um, yeah, so I went. I don't know where I was going with all that. So <laughs> anyway, that's just a, a story there of, you know, don't worry. So, even though I was thinking, oh, that's my money for a deposit, you know, I really felt that God was saying, no, I want you to go, I want you to go. So I trust in God, you know, that I will eventually build back up my money to get a deposit and, you know, get my own house eventually. And that, that's the thing in our own lives, you know, how much, how much do we trust God? How much especially with money. Money has to be probably the hardest thing in our life that we hand over to God to trust him with that because, you know, our natural thing is who's going to take care of us? Oh, I've got to take, you know, this money and put it aside for um, my kids for school or, or a new car or something like that because God doesn't really care about those sort of things, which is just a lie from the enemy. And it's a deception to get us out from walking in what God wants us to do and then the blessings flowing. And then the other part of that scripture in Matthew 6, you know, it's saying, um, store up for yourself treasures um, in heaven, not here on earth. And so 
I was looking at a, another a scripture and in 1 Timothy 6 verse 18, it has got, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Need to be generous and be willing to share. This is how we lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven, by giving. God's nature is to give. When we give to others, we are actually storing our, um, up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Where we get, whether we're giving financially, whether we're giving with our time, whether we're giving with um, physical needs or, or anything like that, we are storing treasures up in heaven. And we need to be generous, generous with our time, generous with our finances, generous with what we have when somebody else doesn't have it. We need to trust in God. When God puts something on your heart, when he tells you, I want you to do this, it's probably going to stretch you. But you need to be obedient. You need to trust that if God's telling you to do something and you do it, as Terry said before, you can't outgive God. You cannot give out, um, outgive the King of Kings. He will always. And this isn't about prosperity. This isn't about oh, you know, God's going to make you rich or anything about like that. This is not what I'm preaching. I'm preaching about when God tells you to do something that you trust is in Him. Your trust in is Him. Yes, be generous. Yes, be generous because you can't outgive God, but you put God first, you be obedient to him, you trust in him, you seek his kingdom and what he wants you to do here on earth and he's going to be with you, he's going to bless you and that is the reward, but it's not your motivation. Your motivation is to be closer to God, to be hearing from God to putting God first in your life, to hearing his voice and being obedient to it. So a definition of generous is to give more than is expected or needed. It doesn't talk about tithing really in the New Testament. There's a couple of places one specifically in um, Matthew 23, 23, where it, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he does say to them, um, you know, you should remember, I haven't got this scripture down, so it's, um, he said, you, um, you shouldn't forget the former without neglecting the latter. And he was talking about tithing because he was having a go at them how they gave their you know, tithe of their, um, each of their spices and everything and they're legalistic in it. And God's saying, you're forgetting the greater things, you know, um, justice, mercy and love. And that's what he was saying to them. But he's saying, you shouldn't forget about the former and not the latter. But some people, um, they say, oh, tithing, um, that's from the Old Testament. You know, that's not, we're not bound by that today. And... So I'll just read a couple of scriptures where that is coming from. So from Malachi, from the Old Testament, in Malachi 3.8.9, this is um, where it says, Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, 
How are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. So this is um, where people, some people say, if you don't tithe, you're under a curse. That, you know, your, your rest of your money is cursed if you don't tithe. Do I believe that? No, I don't believe that you're under a curse if you don't tithe. I don't believe that you're not going to heaven if you don't tithe. But I do believe that you should tithe because there's a blessing that goes with tithing. And it continues on in verse 10 when it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, the only place you can test God, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. What a promise. And I tell you, I have tested God in this area and I know that this is true. This isn't from me reading the Bible. This is from personal experience, from me being told as a single mum, Put it, it wasn't told, it was put on my heart when I read that scripture. It wasn't anything I'd heard. I'd heard like preachers preach about it and nothing had touched you know, my heart. It wasn't until the Holy Spirit spoke to me when I read this scripture for myself and I heard, test me in this, Karen, test me in this. A single mum, real small kids at that time, $400 was my income. And so $40 was a huge amount when I paid rent and everything like that. And I did it. I was obedient to it. I came home, opened my door, and there was an envelope under my door with a $50 note in it. Nobody knew what I was doing and only God. And that was my first experience of tithing. I'm like, wow, (laughs) this is great. You know, talk about boosting your faith. It was just like... Unbelievable. So have I tithed from there on? Yes, I have. Does that mean I look under my door every time I come home? No, it doesn't. But I tell you, God has blessed me in my life more than I've ever given in tithes because I just know that it's a promise. I know that it's true. I trust in him with my money And he is just there for me. One of the scriptures, I missed this one, one of the scriptures that when people um, say, oh no, your money's cursed if you don't tithe. In Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So when Jesus died, he put an end to that curse. But the, um, another thing I will point out, though, the tithe, even though it was in the law, before the law, Moses' law, Abraham tithed. So that was 450 years before the law even came into part. So even you could say um, Abel and Cain tithed because you read that story in the Um, Genesis where it says that um, Abel brought you know the best lamb or whatever and Cain brought later he brought some of his fruits and his crops 
And there's a whole message in that about putting God first. That's why Abel's was accepted, because Abel put God first. Anyway, moving on. I'd just like to point out too that I, I came up here really early, all right? So I just want to say this um, because Keith has a go at me sometimes about the world's shortest sermon. So I was up here just after 10.30. Um, <laughs> I'm going... <laughs> So, in regards to, in regards to tithing, um, I just want to say for people out there that, you know, the enemy will come against you when you have the thought of that, like that you need to hold on to your money, that you need to take care of, you know, some bills coming up or anything, you know, that's coming uh, upon you. And I just want to encourage you to to test God in this area and see for yourself because you are not only robbing um, yourself, other people, it's like you're not walking in the supernatural blessings that God has in store for you. Some people say, like Terry, when he was um, up here and he was talking about the tithing offering, you know, it was just, it was really confirmation that this is what God wants people to know, that you can't give out, you can't outgive God. And some people, it's fear. It's a, it, the curse is broken. We're not under a curse anymore, but there's a curse of fear with people thinking, oh, no, I, I can't trust my money to God. You know, I'll just give him what's left over. But if you put God first in it, you will have money to be actual blessing. It's a flow-on effect. Some people say, oh, it's all right for them. They've got money. That's why they can give. And that's backwards. The person gives, and that's why they have money. If you're a giver, you have money because God just brings it around in a cycle continually. The more you give, the more that you receive, then the more you can bless again. And it just, he's looking for people that are faithful, that are trustworthy. There's, you know, the story in the New Testament about the trustworthy stewards that they gave money to. He's looking for ones that can be generous, that can be trusted so that he can give them more, so that they can give out more, that he can then bless and it continues on. Don't rob yourself of thinking, you know, uh, no, I'm just not going to do that. I'm just going to put in my little bit. Believe, you know, in God, trust in God that he is saying this. Do not let the enemy rob you of walking in the supernatural favor of God so many times in my life. He has just miraculously done things for me. And I continue to tithe and I know I can trust that God's always there for me. Even like when I had first um, separated and I had got that revelation of tithing 
and I was living in this two-bedroom house with me and my three kids, and we were going to move. Um, this was my whale, and we, were, we had a house in Yarrawonga coming up for rent that was a little bit bigger. <coughs> and I, I had this car, and I thought, if I sell this car, because it was a pretty big, big car anyway for me, and I thought, then I can have money for the bond and just, you know, stuff like that. And I, this guy was going to buy it and he said, I need it checked out. And he, it went to a mechanics. The mechanic rang me and he said, hey, really, I shouldn't let your car come back out. It's a death trap. It's, it's been welded all the way down the middle of your, you know, underneath. He goes, and you could just hit a really bad pothole and it would actually split which made me laugh, not at that time, but I was thinking, imagine driving and then your car just splits and then you think, which kids will you put which side, you know? <laughs> no, anyway, that's off track. But, um, and I remember like um, getting off the phone with him because this mechanic was really worried for me and I'd never heard, you know, it was just unheard of that a mechanic would ring you and he was... and he sort of said, you know, look, we could strip your car. You could get, you know, a real good amount for your wheels and rims because they're worth a bit and we'll help you do this. And I was like, oh, okay. I get off the phone and I'm like, God, I've got no transportation. I've got nothing. Um, but anyway, I'm just going to... And, I, it, you know, I wasn't losing it or anything. I, I was a little bit like thrown off, but I'm like, I'm trusting you. And, you know, out of that, with me keeping um, my eyes on God, um, I got blessed with somebody giving me a car and putting it rego on the car for me, just an old secondhand car, but it was a blessing. And this mechanic, um, I went down with him and he'd stripped the wheels and I cleaned up all the rims and everything like that and sold them enough to get the rent and the bond for this new place. And so God, it just felt like I'm not alone, that God's always with me, that if I trust in him, you know, he never lets me down, never lets me down. And that's what I want to encourage you to have. You won't get that trust in God unless you go through things. You can't go through things unless you do something like sowing first. You need to sow first. So it brings me to 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should determine in his heart what he needs to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Then it goes on in verse 8. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, it, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. All. You know, that isn't a Greek translation. You know how some people say it, it means all. All. Then it goes on, now he who supplies seed to the sower, who supplies the seed? God. 
Who does he supply it to? The sower. Not to the keeper. To the sower. You have to sow first. You have to give away first. You have to step out in faith first. You have to take that step. To the sower. You need to be a sower. It's just, it's exciting, guys. When you get this revelation, it is actually exciting. You have to sow before you reap. So as most of you know now, I moved into my own house last year. Now, this is completely God's blessing that I was able to do this. And when I was applying for this, for this loan, which, you know, still amazes me that I could get a loan at my age for 30 years. <laughs> and it's like, I'll be 84 when I finish work. But, <laughs> but no, he's, he's just amazing. And while I was applying for this, I actually received um, a request for money from me uh, for Samuel in Africa. So this is my sponsor child. Well, he's not a child. He's an adult and he's got a wife and he's got a, a child now. And he's building his first home the same time I'm applying for this and I was like oh because I'm every little bit counts when you're applying for a loan because they're saying you know you've got to put this much in and so I'm putting all the figures together you know and um, that's when I said I even had to get my son you know to write a letter that he'd lend me ten thousand dollars you know to make him give me that extra bit anyway I'm not going there um and, and so I was like, oh, you know, how much? How much do they need? And they needed um, 1,300 to build this um, home. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's, that's a lot of money, you know. And I'm sitting there and I'm not having this revelation that how much is your house that you're building? I'm going for, um, you know, a loan of over 350000 whatever dollars. And this is $1,300 there. And I'm like, I just have to do this. I have to be generous. How can I even say, no, I can't, I can't give you that much? I can't, you know, do that. That's way too much. My house and what it looks like compared to what they're building for 1300 is just not, not, there's no comparison, you know. And for me to think, oh, no, you know, I'm not doing that. Like, what? Just makes me cringe that I could even be, you know, that way of like, oh, it's a lot of money. You tight thing. <laughs> it's like, and so... I do this, I do this, and get the loan, I build my house, 
and then I like get that builder's grant because the the bank wouldn't take it. So I get blessed with this money at the end that I can actually landscape with and everything. And then I get another request from from them saying, "Oh, wasn't enough money? Can you know be able to give us some more?" And I was like, "Oh, you know," again thinking, "What?" You know. But then the more I think about it, like, what does God say? God just says, "You know, be generous, be generous, help your brothers in need." And for me to be like, "No, no, no," you know. I could put that towards my loan. No. Be generous. And so I give again and then I get this state revenue refund back for um stamp duty that I didn't even know about. And then I got this other blessing and I'm like <laughs> you know it's just like you just continue. It's just continual. I'm in a better yeah I have a loan, but I'm in a better place financially, you know, than I've ever been from just listening to God and being generous. The house that I built now, like they're saying to me and I've only been in there 9 months or whatever, that if I sell it, it's over $200,000 more than what I paid. It's just like you're joking me. Like property things, property values have gone right up thanks rushi you're in the building industry <laughs> so um i had romans 8:32 i'll read that he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things he gave his own son for us He's promised in the Bible to give us all things. How much do we trust God to come through in that? So most of you know the story of Job. His livestock was gone, his servants slaughtered, his children killed, his health taken. Imagine that if that happened to you. You had nothing left. Still had his wife. I shouldn't laugh there. <laughs> I just remember the scripture of what she said to him, go ahead and die, you know, why don't you go ahead and die? I thought we'll probably want to do his wife gone, but <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um so he had all this stuff happen to him, all this bad stuff. And then in Job 13:15, he says to his friends, though he slay me, yet yet will I trust him. If all that stuff was going on in your life, if you had all those things happen to you, would you still trust God? Would you be able to say, "No, stuff's happening around me, but I trust. I trust in God. I know that God brings about good from bad. I know that God loves me and that there will be a light at the end." Right now, some stuff's going on with me. You know, and I, I just feel a bit crushed with what's happening but I know that I know that there is a light at the end that I will get past it and that I will be able to 
move on because I know God is with me. I know he is with me. I trust in him. No matter what goes down in my life, I've made a decision to trust God. When I don't understand it, I trust God. When it doesn't make sense, I will trust God. When it's not the answer to the prayer that I prayed, I will trust God. No matter what I go through, I will trust him. So I'll finish with this scripture. And it's Psalm 112, 5 to 7. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. We need to be generous. We need to know that no matter what news that we have, what comes against us, we trust in God and there is a light at the end. And I encourage you, I just want to encourage you to step out in trusting God in the area of being generous with your time, with your money, with whatever it might be that God puts upon your heart to do because you cannot outgive the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So Father God, we just pray right now to you. We thank you. We thank you that you are such an amazing, awesome God, that you bless us, that you're always there for us, and that help us with our own walk, in our own trust, Lord, in trusting you more, being able to hear your voice and to moving in areas where it's not comfortable for us, but we do it anyway, and you bless us. We need to put you first, Lord, in all areas. Help us to do that and to walk in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.